0: The views and opinions expressed by the following program are those of the hosts, guests and callers and are not necessarily those of this station or Webster Rock Hill Ministries, its management or other hosts or underwriting sponsors. Programs presented by KWRHLP are for educational and entertainment purposes only.
1: Good morning. You're listening to In Tune with Arnold Stricker and
2: Ellie Wharton.
1: Hey, we're glad everybody tuned in today, Ellie.
2: Well, you know, what else are they going to do? It's raining outside. (laughs)
1: Well, they should be listening to In Tune all the time. They
2: really should, because we what do we we teach them about, Arnold?
1: We teach them that In Tune is a two-hour weekly broadcast, which focuses and reflects on issues that impact and connects our community and the greater St. Louis area. Our topics include the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, history, housing, humor, and justice.
2: And today we're going to talk about...
1: We're going to talk about All Among Us.
2: (laughs) Which is housing and economics and... It's everything.
1: It's a great thing. Catherine Shaw is here in studio. Catherine, thank you for coming to the studio to talk to us.
2: Good morning. morning. Thank you for having me. And she is just so exciting. I mean, just the time that we've had so far. I'm so interested to hear what she's doing.
1: Tell us a little bit about who you are, and then we'll talk about what you're doing in All Among Us.
2: Sure.
0: Um, So I was born and raised in St. Charles, um, Missouri. And um, about 12 years ago, I started getting involved in the lives of the chronically homeless downtown St. Louis. Um, and then it also just involved into being involved in the lives of um, single moms who were coming from extreme poverty, that though they weren't living on the street, they had one foot on the street. And so for about 12 years, we just um, started off with just a couple men. And by the end of the 12 years, we were serving about 250 people. Wow. And we knew their names and we knew their allergies and um, we knew them as people. So what we did was offer relief and we built relationships during that time.
1: You know, and one of the things that we, as the common denominator, is building relationships, getting to know people getting, as, as individuals and not just some homeless person that you see walking by. So what do you do at All Among Us?
0: Sure. So about two and a half years ago, I quit my day job and started the nonprofit All Among Us. And originally, um, it was our mission to still be in the lives of homeless of chronically homeless. And as Larry Rice um, had closed down his shelter, and as the city of St. Louis had opened up um, a men's shelter and a women's shelter, and made some commitments there that um, didn't end up panning out for the women, All Among Us was offered the opportunity to renovate a historical church building in the city of Ferguson. So it was a built-in Uh, Building built in 1927 that had sat vacant for about 10 years. Um, And so we started looking at that building and saying, okay, if um, per square footage this building can house about 16 women, then what does that look like? Is that still something we would want to do as a shelter? Or is that something we want to say, okay, with 16 women, um, we have more opportunities to provide programs. We have more opportunity to provide um long term transitional housing, more opportunities to provide um 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 different opportunities that would actually change their lives going forward for decades and generations to come.
2: Now now Catherine, when you say it's actually going to change their lives, mm-hmm. you're looking you're working from the model of if you work it long enough you should work yourself out of the job, right? Because you've helped to, to come up with solutions for these women, which has empowered them, not enabled them. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't think that's true in that. I think there's enough people living in poverty in our area that this job's going to be around for a very long time. A long time. So yeah. we can only have 16 women. So at a time. at a time, that's right. And so we'll actually be starting with four women. And making sure those women come in and feel safe and secure and that um, they end up becoming um, leaders and they end up understanding what it means to be a a good employee before they ever go to work for somebody. So unlike um, what some shelters may be like where they want you looking for a job the next day, that's not our model. Our model is if you're coming in and you've experienced a trauma of poverty, if you have experienced a trauma of abuse, um, of neglect, um, we want time for you to heal. Um, from those traumas prior um, to putting yourself in a position where you're responsible at a job or even prior to entering back into maybe the lives of your children, we want to provide that time for you to become healthy, and to have a foundation, and then enter into those relationships and those jobs from that place of having actually a few bricks underneath your feet.
2: Will women be coming with their children?
0: No, ma'am. Again, per square footage, we can only have 16 women. So we actually did some research to see um, what was the black hole in St. Louis. And so what we found is if you were a woman with children, there were places for you to go. If you suffered from addiction, um, you you had homes you could go to. If you suffered from mental illness, if you were a vet, you certainly did. Um, if you're a woman just with children, if you're pregnant, there are places in St. Louis, but what there wasn't was if you're a woman living in poverty, say couch surfing, sleeping on an uncle's sofa, but not really knowing if you can stay past Friday night or if you're on disability. And so you stay at a cheap motel for maybe 10 days a week, and then you have to figure out the other 20 days that you have barriers that you yourself cannot jump over. Those are the women we want. That when we meet with those women and say what barriers are keeping you stuck in this cycle of poverty name them for us and then i am positive that with our group of donors our group of volunteers with the women's care center with the staff that those barriers can be torn down now that your barriers are torn down now what opportunities do you want and when we ask those questions we want to see the light come on in somebody's eyes of oh my goodness if only i was offered an opportunity i know exactly what i would do with that
1: so do do women seek you out do they look for you do you solicit do other organizations recommend you uh so how how does somebody arrive at the all of the above how does somebody arrive at 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 where you are
0: right it is all the above we don't take government funding and we don't take funding from the united way and um, it is our hope that people will come to us from hearing about us on your station today um, reading about us in the post-dispatch and that um, different organizations will say Um, we had, a a large organization in Ferguson contact us and say, we have an employee who's sleeping in a car. Um, and so we were able to then, um, introduce ourselves to that person. We've had, um, chaplains coming from a police department and saying, we know of somebody, they might be referred to us by you. Um, you may say, wait a minute that's my sister-in-law, or that's, I have a cousin who's living in that kind of poverty. So we wanted, we wanted the women to be able to come from an, um, just various different um, organizations and people who might refer them to us. And again, they can also call themselves.
1: Multiple question here, kind of I- intertwined. So you get uh, individuals who come in and Maybe they're forced to go, or maybe they go, well, I'll try it. I'll, I'll see what they have to say. And then linking that with the mission, which says, you know, the mission of All Among Us is to provide opportunities for individuals with a desire to transition from generational poverty towards self-sufficiency, that with a desire to, do you vet them somehow? Are there are there individuals who are like, yeah, you know, I'd like to do that, but it's, it's more than I can do right now, or
0: sure there'll be no woman who's forced to come into our women's care center not at all Mm -hmm. it will be women with the desire to so yes we have an application process that we go through with them and they will end up meeting with um, three different people from all among us before they're accepted into the program because what we want to know is that they can't wait to get started on this journey with us um, that's what we're going to need to see during our time with them so again we're not looking for women who simply can't pay their rent this month and that they're looking as this for a band-aid that's not going to be the right program for them um, and so once we meet these people that if again if we say if we give you these opportunities what opportunities do you want and that woman says oh my goodness I have always wanted to get my associate's degree in this area great come be with us for two two years let's get your debt paid off Um, let's go through financial literacy classes. Let's go through life skills where fear does not end up, um, coming out of your mouth in ways that gets you fired from a job. So let's learn these things while you're here that then once you get your associate's degree, you're going to be able to um, actually go to work with that degree and work in that profession. That's been something that's been a dream of yours for a while.
1: You know, that, that's really interesting, Ellie, because there's uh, nine things they have on. I'm just kind of reading from the, the website right now. You have workforce readiness, life skills, financial literacy, housing assistance, mental health service coordination, courage for change, 12-step program, AA and Al-Anon, Arts and Creative Experiences in Health and Wellness. And you think about how many times somebody who's just who's not homeless struggles with some of those things occasionally or on an ongoing basis. Someone who's homeless and someone who's a woman who's homeless is really kind of at a, at a very uh, disadvantage. Absolutely. And, and almost, you know, it's like, how do I get out of this hole? Right. And so you're providing... These kinds of activities, uh, unpack a couple of these for us, Catherine, if you might. Sure.
0: And just to be clear, again, in our center, this isn't a center for chronically homeless women. This is a center for women that we say are living in poverty, um, that they will be living in a home. They will be living in a motel. This isn't um, the chronically homeless that we've served for many years or people who are on the streets due to chronic mental illness and chronic addiction. Gotcha. Um, um These women are going to be women who are stuck not having food to eat that last week of the month, who don't have a car, they don't have access to transportation, they don't have access to bus fare to get to a job. Um, Those those again, we say just those simple barriers, Mm -hmm. Um, the women who say they get a job and say they get a car, but now the battery's dead they don't have $60 or $100 for a new battery so these things that don't allow these women to continue to be long-term employees it's those barriers we want to be able to take away Um, and so um, unpacking a couple of these when we talk about workforce readiness sometimes what I've seen over the years is that one of our women will get an amazing job with a large organization here in St. Louis and then the boss comes up to her and says Um, How you're doing that really doesn't meet our standards. I want you to read this page over again. And tomorrow, let's try this again. Well, that person is overcome with fear. And their fear is I'm going to be let go. I'm not good enough. Um, And what they may do instead of saying, sure, um, I look forward to trying this again tomorrow, they may lash out in anger. Well they can lose their job over that. So when we talk about the workforce readiness, what does it look like to show up on time? What does it look like to interact with your peers in a way that's supporting them and that where you are not gossiping about each other? What does it look like to be respectful towards your boss? Um, What does it look like to do your best the entire time you're there? And that's what we, we talk about when we talk about workforce readiness. We don't want our employee to go to work for you until they're ready to do
1: that. So you do some role playing with that. So they're certainly in, in some situations like that.
0: That's right. And again, with um, life skills, um, we're watching the women who are coming from poverty who haven't had they they often live in what we would just say is a small box. They live in a small radius of actually where they live, where they shop, where they play. Um, some of this can be pretty small. And so with the life skills, we want to just make that box bigger and bigger and bigger. And part of that is getting women out into the community. Um And just in Ferguson, getting them really involved in the city of Ferguson, Florissant, Normandy, Delwood, let's get involved in that community. But then what does St. Louis have to offer you? And then let's go beyond that. Have you ever been to Kansas City to see the lights go on in the plaza? Um, Have you ever been to where they have cows and hay? What does that smell like? Um, So we really want to give them different experiences that will increase their life skills.
2: And I can really relate to what you're saying, not personally, but I remember we had an intern when we were first starting the station here and she lives up in far North St. Louis and had never been, had never been to Webster Groves. And so when we interviewed her over the phone and I told her I wanted her to come in and when she got here, she told me, she says, I was afraid to come here. I had never been this far South, you know, and, um, First of all, she thought I was a white woman, so <laughs> she was really afraid, like, Oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to Webster to a white woman, I'm really in trouble. You okay. know But there but I I almost couldn't understand that fear mm-hmm. because it's like what? Mm-hmm. But again, you know, I get in my car, I drive all over. That's right. I'm I have access. No, they don't. And they don't. Mm -mm. When you don't have that
0: transportation of a car, it makes your life small. Especially
2: in St. Louis. That's right. You know, if you're in some of the other larger cities, Metro, you know, you go up to Chicago. Man, there's every kind of way to get around in the world. Mm -hmm. St. Louis, you're right. If Mm -hmm. we had an intern that lived right at the other end of uh, Webster. And at first, he didn't have a car. And he told us it took us him almost an hour to catch the bus to come here because there was no direct bus to come here.
0: Most definitely. We have people, again, who have, um, who have been offered really good jobs. And they'll be on the bus three hours there and three hours back. And if I, if I drove, it would be a 25 25 minute drive. minutes, that's right. right. That's right. So they're spending um, up to six hours a day on public transportation.
1: And, and people don't realize that, that that's such an impediment, especially for people who, are, who have been living in poverty. It kind of really keeps them exactly right where they're still at all the time. That's and, it's, right. and it's hard to get out of that. wanted to ask you about volunteer opportunities that individuals within our greater community could could assist in your, in your uh, program at All Among Us.
0: Sure. We are putting together those volunteer opportunities now for, since April, our volunteer opportunities have been renovation. So we have had an amazing group of volunteers since April who have renovated this building. Um, And so now as we get ready to open the doors of this building, our volunteer opportunities are going to change. And we are in the midst right now of writing up those opportunities and they'll be on our website. It may be about four to six weeks before they're there. But if we can just ask people if they would just check back with our website, um, which is www.allamong.us.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> www.allamong.us.
0: Yes. And we'll have volunteer opportunities posted there as they come about.
1: Now, you've got an open house coming up on November 3rd from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock. Yes. And individuals need to go to the website to sign up for that. What, what will they experience in the open house?
0: So for, any of, um, for anybody who's been watching us on Facebook, you'll um, be able to see this building that has gone from, again, being a building that was abandoned for 10 years, that had water and mud on the floor, um, that had trash and kitchen cabinets hung on every wall, and now what you're walking into is just a beautiful building that has been renovated into a home for these women. Um, and I think when you walk in and you just see the um, peaceful sanctuary of the large room, it is incredible when you watch how they're, um, the bedroom. areas downstairs have been set up for them it's going to be so welcoming for these women and just the property we're on um, um, the volunteers who have built vegetable gardens for us and have done planting almost everything planted the plants are all edible Um, and so when you just watch the the work and the patios that have been made for the women so they can have areas to go out and build relationships one on one Um, I think it's a really wonderful thing for the community to come see and especially if you're in the Ferguson Florissant area this is a Really, um, It's a nonprofit that's going to have a huge impact, I believe, on that area. So come see what we're doing and come get involved.
1: If you're familiar with Ferguson, where the train trestle uh, crosses uh, South Florissant Road, or Florissant Road, depending upon, you know, which it's not it's not West Florissant. It's South Florissant Road, right down by where the where the, the library is. That's right. It's kind of uh, on the west side of, of Florissant Road there. It's uh, up on the hill. Now, all- let
2: me just ask one quick question about this. Could your women use, um, like, professional clothing and things like that to help them in the transition?
0: No, ma'am, and let me just tell you why. We have no storage space. This building is a really small church, and so— um, the clothing is something that we have provided for years to the homeless and that we just had uh, goodwill was basically set up in my house. And now as we transition into this space, we are now having, um, a few stores in the area who are allowing our women to come in and shop at their secondhand stores. So they'll be able wow. to go in there and get what they need. So we're not accepting any donations of clothing, shoes, purses, no,
1: but yep. that's great that the other community groups are, uh, you know, partnering with you to that's provide right. those right. things. Right, most because definitely. That
2: kind of collaboration is really important for the strength of a community, and particularly with Ferguson right now. I think that to be able to show partnerships, collaborations, you know, just everyone working together mm-hmm. to show the the rest of our communities and the world that ferguson really is where it's at yes
0: we have i have to say have fallen in love with ferguson Um, ferguson has welcomed us from the beginning the people of ferguson have been so kind and supportive of us and just excited Um, it has been just a joy to get to know ferguson the people of ferguson
2: i've heard many times you know that people from ferguson when i started to meet other people from ferguson who were really really um just just enraged at the image that had been projected of Ferguson, you know, and to the world. And I actually met people that were in other parts of the country. And I said, oh, I'm from St. Louis. And it, this was during the time of the the situation sure. with Mike Brown. And the first thing they wanted to ask was, how close do you live to Ferguson? That's right. 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 You know, It's like it time was, to let go of that. It is time to let it just go of that. It's just time to let go of that. It's not
0: the Ferguson. So I've been in Ferguson for not quite two years. And I, I have to say that um, it's time to let that go. That There are bigger conversations going on in Ferguson that are much more important than that right now. And again, when we when we talk about racial issues, we when I say we've been accepted by everyone, I mean everyone. Um, that certainly... I have not felt um, the racial tension toward our nonprofit at all. Um, all we have felt is just support. Very good. Excellent. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, Catherine, what I appreciate about what you're doing uh, in, in, in the group, uh, it, it's extremely important. You, you didn't. You didn't. You weren't told to do it. It's something that a passion developed within you. You uh, are are trying to make a difference on your own. It's not uh, any government support. You're a nonprofit. You know, it, it goes back, Ellie, to many people who are stepping up and, and taking on issues that impact uh, a lot of kids, a lot of uh, women, a lot of uh, men. That's right. And, and how can you best do your part to improve mm-hmm. the lives uh, of those individuals? You have locally here at Dewey's in Webster Groves on November 6th, from 4 o'clock to 10 o'clock, you have a fundraiser going on. And some of the proceeds from that, I understand, will go to Uh, at All Among Us. That's
0: right. They'll go to support the opening of the Women's Care Center. And so we really want to encourage the people of Webster to join us that night. And it will only be at the Webster location. Um, So um, please come out and join us. We'd love to meet you. Um, The staff from All Among Us and from the Women's Care Center will be there that night.
2: So please just come up and say hello to us. That's
1: November 6th from 4 o'clock to 10 o'clock at the Dewey's and Webster Groves
2: and that is such a popular place and they do a great job with fundraising they do they do an excellent job plus they just have really darn good pizzas and their <laughs> salads. my favorite oh, salad yeah. <laughs> salad
1: I tell you yes they are good Catherine what are some closing remarks you have for us and for our listeners
0: um, I think something you just touched on that I think is wonderful is that it does not it doesn't take a government organization it doesn't take a large corporation to make a change in our community it takes somebody having a change heart and having a passion and if you if you have that heart I just want to encourage you to take a step and take a step um, in the direction of where your heart is leading you and um, I think that you know when we're looking to have what someone had said to us was can you move the needle so I can't end poverty and I can't end homelessness, but I know we can move the needle on poverty in the lives of women in Ferguson. I know we can. And so that's what we're doing. And so if, um, if you have that sort of a passion in your heart that you think, oh, I'll do this when I retire, or I'll do this when the kids are gone, just do it today. Um, don't wait on that.
2: Yeah. The need is so there. That's the thing. Oh, you know, yes. the need is there and I always find, because I do a nursing home ministry, I always find that every Saturday when we go, the people are so open and, you know, at the end, they're just thanking us and thanking us for coming in. And we've been doing this for five years and every week they thank us like it's our first week. But I tell them, you know what, we're the ones that are being blessed. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't realize the impact that they are making in our lives, you know, by us giving, they give back that love. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's what you see from the women who are coming to your center's as well, that's right. We say we get involved in people's lives, and part of our hope is
0: to heal their story. And what I know is that our staff, our volunteers, our donors, their stories are also healed by being involved in the lives of others. That's right. So we're not just impacting the women who come to the center. We're, everybody who is involved in All Among Us, I believe their stories are healed in some way.
2: And, And what happens too is that the goal should be that these women then once they're healed and they're able to go back out, they're able to see other women that were in positions like they were at one time, be empathetic, but also be able to say, hey sis, I know a place that can help you heal right and those people who have been through it and experienced
0: it they can speak truth in someone else's life in a way that maybe I cannot absolutely and so we had we were talking to a a donor and originally they had said that we weren't quite the nonprofit that they would want to support and one of the things they said was you're kind of an expensive model and you know we need to raise half a million dollars every single year and when you say you're raising half a million dollars and we can have 16 people at a time if you do the math on that it can seem expensive and then when I, I went home and I I thought about that and I'm like, wait a minute. Like I, you know, went back to the last 12 years and, and some of the women's lives we've been involved with and have watched them go back to their immediate families, go back to little brothers and sisters, go back to their friends, go back to their community and the impact they've had. Um, it's that it's goes back to that pay it forward. That um, it it has a um, long lasting effect on a lot of people. And the cool thing was, is when we went back and shared that, then that company in Ferguson came back and supported us just very
2: generously. And, you know, it, it goes back to the concept of of eliminating the brain drain. You know, so often what happens is that you get into communities, people begin to better themselves and then they say, oh, well, you know what? I'm better now. I'm gonna go live in Chesterfield, no. you know? And they take all of their expertise and their and their passion out there where there's plenty of passion already mm-hmm. instead of saying, you know what? I got it right here in Ferguson. Let me stay here and help the people of Ferguson.
0: I think what's really important that we're doing is what no one else is doing is that when they graduate from the program in two years, our next step is um, helping them get into, per- into affordable housing. And if we don't get our arms around that step, we're not gonna be successful as a women's care center. So we know that our next step is is affordable housing for our women and we stay in their lives forever so when you graduate from the women's care center that's not the end of your relationship with us you still come back and volunteer you come back for spaghetti and movie nights
2: we will continue to be
0: your community in ferguson wow.
1: excellent great that's thing an
2: excellent model thank you so much Catherine thank, shaw, you, thank
1: you for coming in today Catherine thank shaw you. from all among us ellie uh, what a great program that's been set up for uh, ladies who are struggling in poverty to that try to help so them get, get back on their feet and really move out of that
2: I love it. This you, is Catherine. Arnold
1: Stricker and Ellie Wharton of In Tune. You're listening to KWRHLP 92.9 FM, your community radio station in Webster Groves, Missouri.